0: Father, we give you glory and we praise you this day. God, we give you the attention and the favor from our little hearts. We come to you like a child. Lord, unable to give you all that is due. But what we do come, Lord, it's like it's like us bringing maybe a drink, mixed up with water and mud and a flower in the middle and saying to you, here, Lord, we did this for you. (laughs) It's like us coming, Father, when love is bigger than our ability to express. And so, Father, today we will fumble through what will be our praise and thanks to you. But, Father, we know that you see... The fact that we are made of dust, that your Bible tells us that you as our Father, that you pity us, and we are grateful for that, because Lord, there's seemingly in Jesus nothing that we can do to present something to you that's enough, but yet everything we do bring to you from a right heart blesses you tremendously. And this is a day of great blessing, this is a day of great thanks and thanksgiving and honor and praise as our worship songs have led us. So Father, we pray now that as we pause for this one year of profound faithfulness that you have given us, God, may we give you all the shouts and praise and glory and applause and that we'd get ready for heaven. Because Lord, when we arrive, we will be keenly aware of all the things that you have done for you are great. And we love you, God, in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. Church, you can be seated this morning. You can be seated. And before we go any further today, we want to obviously make uh, an announcement regarding Memorial Day. Tomorrow is the day that our nation will celebrate Memorial Day. It is a day that, um, sadly, we have kind of, Brought it down into a place of, I don't know what's going on. Oh, yeah, that, I do know what's going on. I <laughs> thought I was having a stroke there for a minute. <laughs> but uh, it is a day that you and I celebrate and will go about um, that day tomorrow, this weekend. Uh, people made plans this weekend. They took trips this weekend. Uh, parties are being planned. Barbecues are being planned. Sporting events. But we don't often stop to think why and how that is a great day of memorial. And what expense? Veterans Day is an awesome day, and we honor those among us who have served. Memorial Day is a day that we cannot communicate to those who laid down their lives. They have gone on in their sacrifice that you and I might be a free people. And listen, I know that there's a lot of junk going around our nation today, quite frankly, because our nation, especially our youth, are absolutely ignorant to history, ignorant to the facts, because they have dumbed themselves down by listening to 15-second sound bites that are most often produced by things like Wikipedia or YouTube or somebody else. But you and I live in a world where the best of our nation has been forgotten or the best of our nation has been overrun. And I want to remind you that tomorrow when you're having fun, it's because these men and women lay entombed in the earth. These are not stock photos. We took these photos a couple of weeks ago when we were in Washington, D.C. And I just want to encourage all of you, go out and have a great time tomorrow and go out and celebrate and be with family and have fun. But just remember... At what expense was purchased that we could have fun tomorrow? That we might have a nation. And so I want you to live your freedom boldly. I want you to live it loud. I want you to live it true. I want you to tell your children tonight and your grandchildren tonight what tomorrow's all about and how we got to this day. And let's remember this. Isn't it interesting? That there are others in the world around us, predominantly in Europe, that will look to tomorrow because they know that America is pausing tomorrow, and they will look to tomorrow, and they will be grateful for the American soldier, for the American sailor and airman. Because of their sacrifice, Europe today is still free. The American soldier is the American airman and sailor and guardsman and marine. The only known military force on the planet in human history that has been the liberator of other nations and other continents and other people on a global scale, because freedom is worth defending, freedom is worth loving, it is worth protecting, it's worth speaking up about, for sure. So we are grateful. We are so very grateful. So church family, we've got a surprise for you today, and I want to start as Uh, It's been 52 weeks since we gathered together as a church right here in the main sanctuary and all over this campus. And we're going to be talking about what that means. And uh, even though our time is limited, I'm going to be speaking for just a moment. And then I thought it would be fantastic if those who represent some of the ministries come on out like a shotgun and give you uh, one account after another of God's great faithfulness. But let us begin with this today. The Bible tells us in Psalm 27, verse 13, I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. That is not a theological uh, Tweedledee or Tweedledum to play with. That is a theological fact. Church family, for the last 52 weeks, Our nation and the world when it comes to spirituality has been sequestered and attacked and marginalized and made fun of. And it has clearly become the dividing rod of people all around the world regarding faith in God or the fear of man. And I say this with all gratitude and thankfulness, but I say it with a very, very passionate heart. That so many people have fallen victim to the fear of man rather than the honoring of God. Be it pastor, be it missionary, be it congregant, be it professing Christian. Being those today that are still cowering in fear. Still those today that make comments that, well, you know what? We better stay indoors and not do church because somebody could be sick or get sick. What are we going to do when the chariots arrive, as Jeremiah said? What are we going to do when the enemy forces of a culture that is altogether Christless really come? But this has been a great test. And for those of you who have stood, some of you could not be deterred. Even when we, in the opening 15 days and then the additional 15 days of the great shutdown in America. We were doing messages here online all the time in the sanctuary. And what was amazing is that there were people who would still gather out in the courtyard, out on the grass. Some would try to sneak into the building because they just wanted to do church. I tremble when I think that when the Bible and the book of Revelation says... That there are those who are outside of the kingdom of heaven who actually wind up, the Bible says, that this is the group that wind up being in hell in the end. The first person mentioned is not the adulteress, it's not the fornicator, and it's not the bank robber, and it's not the Satanist. Guess who the first person that is mentioned there in the book of Revelation that is without the kingdom of God, that's on the outside? It says those that are fearful. And today, like never before, the church of Jesus Christ, you the believer, must stand to be faithful. God's been faithful to you. And so I thank God when I read in the scripture that it's a wonderful and great and fantastic truth to gather with God's people in the land of the living. Because all across America, and here now all the data is starting to come out and I love it. All across America, those that weathered the COVID experience were those who went to church. This is an actual data that's coming out. Mental stability, spiritual wholeness. That should not surprise us. More and more of that information is coming out. Some has already been published. Well, on April 26th, God spoke to my heart clearly last year. Private time reading. Reading. God laid it on my heart in an instant. May 31st, May 31st, May 31st. I grabbed a Sharpie pen that was in my holder of uh, pens and highlighters, whatever you call those things. Actually, my coffee mug. I grabbed it out of there and right there on my laptop, which is behind me in my in the room back there, I wrote May 31st in indelible ink. And I knew what that meant. And I began to pray and fast and seek God. And it was amazing because this is the verse the Lord gave me which set the course for the opening of that day. It's in Revelation chapter 3. And it's Jesus' letter to the church of Philadelphia, Turkey. He says, these things who is holy, he who is true, he who has the key of David, he who opens and no one shuts and shuts and no one opens. Verse 8, I know your works. Behold, I have set before you an open door and no one can shut it for you have a little strength. You've kept my word and you've not denied my name. This church is not perfect. No church is. But let me tell you this this church has, listen, kept his word. We've not denied his name. We will always teach the doctrines of the Bible. We will always exalt the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And for that, God blessed, God honored, and opened doors for us. Not just physical, but this church didn't double, this church didn't quadruple. But around the world, this church exploded. And even to this hour, there are fellowships that gather together in the many hundreds now that are sister fellowships on Sundays and Wednesday nights because God has seen fit to advance and to promote children of His who chose to be obedient and to follow Him. As the scripture says, that we are to never... Forsake the assembling together. Be it sickness, (laughs) nuclear war, starvation, danger. There is no thing on earth that trumps the Bible. And when the Bible says that my people are to gather together and not forsake the assembling, as you see the last days approaching, do it all the more not to give up. The safest place on the planet has been this church. You think about that thousands and thousands and thousands of people multiple times during the week no outbreak no super spreader the media interviewed me and told us that we were going to bury the dead new york times said you're going to be burying the dead for opening up did new york times contact us this week no did cnn contact us this week No, listen, everybody who interviewed us a year ago did not contact us again. You want to know why? Ain't nothing to see here. Just keep moving on. God was faithful. God was faithful. I want you to welcome Jackie Witt, who heads up our children's ministry. She's going to tell you about how faithful God has been among our children.
1: Good morning, church family. I'm honored to be here with you for just a little bit this morning, just to share a few of the amazing things that God has done in children's ministry, specifically over this last year. Um, We had the privilege of getting the green light just a few weeks um, after May 31st. So we opened up on June 14th, which actually ended up being International Children's Day, which we were super excited about. (laughs) We were like, thank you, Lord. That's cool. Um, And we... Became quickly um, moved by the Lord just to really focus on Sundays and Wednesdays. Everyone was like, when are you doing BBS? When are you doing this? When are you? you know, all these events and things that we are used to doing. And the Lord just kept telling our whole team, just focus on Sundays and Wednesdays, you know. And we didn't really know what we, uh, what he had in store for us. Um, and just really quick, we had a, a few weeks after we opened, I wanted to share this sweet story. We got a message from a, an aunt who had brought her grand her nephew, to church. He had never been to church before. And um, he does, didn't know the Lord, grew up in a just a messy home life situation, and five years old, came to church here, um, heard the gospel, accepted the Lord, And um, was so excited to start reading his Bible. They said, get a Bible. Do you have a Bible? The teachers were encouraging him to get a Bible. He ran right across the courtyard, got a little Bible right over here in the bookstore, was clutching it in his arms the whole way home. The, The aunt sent me a picture of him asleep in the car holding his Bible. As soon as they got home, he opens it up, he said, Let's read the Bible. They start reading. His dad comes home, he says, We're gonna read our Bible together. Do you know do you have Jesus in your heart? Do you know Jesus? Do you know what he did for you? And he said, No. And he begins to share the gospel with his his dad. And I believe he did get saved. And wow. yes. Amazing. Yeah. So We were hearing those stories in those first few weeks after opening up, and it was just confirmation that we just really needed to focus on these new families who were coming, these new kids. Um, Pastor Jack, too, was just really focusing on doctrine, making sure we were all on the same page, so we were just so excited just as a whole church to be um, in unity on that, and... um, we began seeing a huge increase of kids. Obviously, I know you see it each week. Um, we have seen a 700 kid increase in our weekly average each Sunday here. We have about yeah, we have about 1,900 kids that we see each week um, in and out of these doors. Uh, we've had 45, a little over 4,500 new kids um come into our classrooms and that's a lot of children so we are just so thankful for what he's done what he continues to do Um, a few months ago as we began to plan vbs and and started having movie nights and things like that tons of kids are coming tons of new families we're just excited that everybody wants to be here we all want to be at church together all the time i I hope you feel the same way i do i just want to be here all the time and my kids too Um, But we began to plan VBS and we were kind of thinking, okay, how many kids are we going to have? What's that going to look like? We've done nighttime VBS. If we did nighttime, it's less time with the kids, less days, less hours. Let's go back to daytime VBS. We want as much time with them as possible. So that is what we're doing. But the one concern that we've always had is the heat. It's always the hottest week when we have VBS, inevitably. So we were like, it's going to be hot, but it's going to be fine. We have, you know, so much more time with the kids. We don't know how many are going to show up. And after we made that decision... Uh, the week after that, I got an email from a gentleman who's been attending this church since the church opening as well. And he said, you know what? I, I own a misters company, like those spray bottles. I want to donate. And he did end up donating 2,400 misters for your kids, <laughs> for our leaders, to keep everybody cool. And we were like, all right, thank you, Lord. Like, you figured that one out. We know that he continues to do that. You know, the things that we worry about probably seem so silly, but they matter to him. And we're yes. just thankful that he cares about your kids so much. And thank you for giving us the honor. I speak on behalf of my team of just being able to minister to them. So thank you for coming. Thank you for bringing them here. We love all of you, and we love them, and uh, we just can't wait to see what he does this year.
2: Amen. Thank you.
1: Awesome. Thank
0: you. All right, you guys. Welcome, Pastor Joel. Pastor Joel is teaching your junior hires. So
3: it it truly has been an incredible last year to witness God's hand within the lives of our youth. Uh, For those without a church community, it has been an extremely difficult time to deal with the isolation that was experienced, and in my time, it's never been more apparent to me how important it is that our youth have a community of people around them to do life with and to pursue Jesus alongside, and when we opened up our doors last year, it was amazing to see how the students uh, desire to come back to church. And for many of them, it was this time that they kind of woke up to the reality of how much they needed to be in fellowship. You know, for students that have grown up in the church, it's easy to become apathetic. And what when we opened our doors, we saw them come back. And it was amazing to see the students worship sincerely. And it's probably my biggest memory of when we open, open back up. If you don't know junior high students... Uh, to sing is definitely uh, that's a step of faith, and it was amazing to just <laughs> see and hear their voices. There's there's truly nothing better because all the stuff had been stripped away and God refined. You know, it continues to feel like every week that we get new students to begin to join our ministry, and and who are once apart from other churches. And we're hearing reports from families and students that they're so glad that we're teaching the Bible. They're so glad that our youth group isn't just full of games and that students, junior high students, 12, 13 year olds are thanking us that we have an appropriate time for Bible study and the worship of the word. And that's an amazing thing. One of the the many awesome things that we got to do as a ministry last year was that while orders were going out not to gather, orders were going out not to then, do you remember when it became so specific that they said not to sing? right? Well, we decided to do Christmas caroling. And uh, we we went out to uh, the local community here, and we brought about 100 junior high students with a truck and with the choir from here. And uh, it was awesome. We went out into the community. I wasn't sure, is someone going to come out and arrest us? Or, or uh, are our students going to get yelled at for not having masks on? It was just an amazing thing because uh, people would come out of their houses. And this was a time when There wasn't a lot of joyous celebration going on. And we were able to bring that to our community. There was one story even of a family that didn't want to come out. And so our students ended up singing Christmas carols into a ring doorbell. It was just an awesome thing. Um, And as the new year was approaching, you know, we had planned on putting on a camp as normal. Uh, as we could and in the past we would usually take about 90 students uh, to the the mountains but uh, as we approached camp about a month out our camp let us know that we weren't able to do camp as normal and so we had to uh, kind of switch gears and we ended up doing winter camp 2.0 here on campus and rather than 90 students we had just about 200 junior high students for two days and so it was awesome God has done great things God has done amazing things, and we expect Him to do even more. And so, even what you're seeing here, it was incredible. We had, uh, you know, Taco Man, we had jumpers, we had bonfire. It was a sweet time, and God gets all the glory. Thank you. Yeah.
0: Woo! You guys welcome Pastor Shadrach High School and Beyond.
4: (laughs) Well,
5: They say high school is the best time of your life. And for many this past year, it was not everything shut down. And as you might know, or might not know for high school students, it's the absolute most social time of their lives to be told that you can't gather, you can't go hang out. Their whole world was completely shut down. Not only was that a problem, but secondly, the political climate of 2020 truth was being buried faster than you could say. Yep, it happened that fast. So everything that they knew as normal was completely stopped. Well, a few weeks after the church opened, we opened our our youth ministries, and the reunion that we had with the high school students was absolutely amazing. I was told by students that when they heard the church was closed, they cried. I've never heard of a high school student crying because they couldn't go to church. It was huge for them to be back in person in the room and also back to getting the truth live and in person because for a period of time, remember, we were doing Zoom. I joked with them shortly thereafter and said, we're going to have another event. I think we're going to do it on Zoom, to which they all screamed and yelled, no. <laughs> and I, I feared for my life. <laughs> now, the very first event we had was a joint Uh, event between our junior high and our high school, we had a movie night here at the church. We saw nearly 800 students show up and fill the main sanctuary here. We had popcorn, we had candy, and we watched, um, I forget what the movie was that we watched. It was the Jeremy Camp movie. And then we had a Christmas party where we had nearly 150 students, and the only reason that that was a limited number was because we didn't have any more space in our room. Because what we did was we provided an elegant evening for them where we actually served them at their tables, if you'll remember, like we did in the olden days before the shutdown, where we used to go out to restaurants and eat at dinner tables. So they dressed up in semi-formal attire, and then after that, we had another event that we called Blackout, and this event was an event designed to put the students through a persecuted church experience. And we turned the main sanctuary into mainland China, and they had to come in the doors over there. They had to sneak through while red lights were going and all all kinds of ambient noises were playing, gunshots, sirens. And then on top of that, people with flashlights going around. And if we found them sneaking on the floor, we would interrogate them about where they were going and what they were doing. And then after that, we had our 2021 winter camp. That camp was like the junior high camp in that it was the first time we ever pulled off a camp here on the church property. And the title of the theme of this camp was Victorious in Christ. And what's amazing is that the theme that we had wasn't something that we whipped up during this time. It was a theme that God had given us last year before the shutdown for this camp. It was timely. And then there was a rock climbing wall, bounce houses, archery tag, in and out truck, Miguel's junior truck, Del Rey's tacos, and Mania. They ate like they had never eaten before. And they told us that it was the best camp that they had ever been to. On top of that, our youth ministry has doubled in every way, shape, and size. And we heard, like junior high that the students were just so thankful to be in church where they could get the truth. In closing, we give all the praise, honor, and glory to our God for providing a place for our students to have normal. And I wanted to say this, Pastor Jack, on behalf of a grateful high school ministry, we want to say thank you for listening to Jesus and being bold because Proverbs 28 verse 1 says, The wicked flee when no one pursues, but the righteous are as bold as lions.
0: Awesome. Thank you. All right, you guys. Welcome David Axe, who is heading up our young adults. Pastor David. Good morning. I cannot believe just the impact
6: this morning has had. I forgot how much God can do in a year, that when the world is not doing much, the kingdom is still growing and expanding and being triumphal. We don't just exist or suffer to make it through. We don't just endure. I've seen great triumph in so many ways. It's victory in every way. With the young adults, it has exploded just like everything else. And uh, we've seen the ministry itself expand and grow more than triple in size. It was wild during the summertime. Uh, the idea was brought, let's go to the beach and do something at the beach. Like, ah, uh, okay, let's go. And A ton of people showed up, and the fellowship that began to happen, and those who showed up with fear in their eyes but left with a hope in Jesus was incredible. It's incredible. The nervousness, the fearfulness... The unsuredness that would just be washed away by the word and the fellowship of the saints was amazing. Uh, We began to have the evening services here on Thursday nights out in the courtyard, which is what we did every summer. So it was very normal and just began to grow and swell and reach more and more and more people. We're able to launch uh, an album and join up with some musical artists even here at the church. It was a sweet night. Again, of just proclaiming God's word and giving hope. And from that, people began to catch vision for their own ministries and outreaches and being witnesses to their neighbors and their families and their coworkers. It was amazing, amazing what was taking place. Uh, Friendsgiving, if you don't know what Friendsgiving is, it's like Thanksgiving, but with a bunch of friends, uh, we had over 450 people show up. It was crazy. People I've never seen before, met before, uh, over the top. But it's not just the numbers game. It was the impact it was having on their soul and their relationship with Jesus. It was unreal what would happen if you were just put both hands to the plow and not look back. God seems to do everything else. Now, the bigger picture, uh, quick, but is incredible. I remember asking Pastor Jack years ago. Uh, we we're talking about just new things beginning, and he talked about the importance of prayer, and God oftentimes does new things through prayer. And if you remember, we spent a lot of time out in the courtyard together praying on those big vinyl stickers on the ground, and it wasn't tens of people, it wasn't fifties of people, hundreds of you began to show up and intercede and seek God's heart together, and in that was the overflow of something that no eye has seen no ear has heard nor has it entered into our hearts what God has in store for us it was wild uh, the courtyard prayer began to as the doors were opened up like Pastor Jack shared on that Pentecost Sunday the lines began to just grow immensely uh, out in the street as well as in the church uh, I, I've never for me I've never seen so many people just want to know Truth and the living God. It was wild. God's forethought of preparing things, and we thought we knew what it was for, but in fact, it would become something completely different as the campus would swell in attendance and hunger for the Lord. Uh, There was the happening now that began to take place, as it had been, but the attendance was incredible. People hungry for truth, and then going and sharing it, bringing people in, was wild. Wild. Uh, from there. And I'm going to tell you guys, man, I feel like I got a whole nother family now. This has been a sweet season. Uh, The outdoor pavilion, if you've not been out there seeing that begin to grow, we thought that was going to be kind of our backup sneak out and do church. Turns out we need the place uh, as the church has not only grown to over 13,000 people, but Easter itself exploded to over 15,000 people coming to hear the gospel. crazy. And we only scratched the surface but maybe a testimony of the fact that some plant, some water, and the Lord most certainly does the increase. It is incredible.
0: Yeah, David. That's awesome. You guys, welcome Pastor Dennis. He's over New Believers, and he is a precious theologian with a heart. So
4: welcome, Pastor Dennis. Good morning, church. You know, from the moment we opened the doors of the church last year on May 31st, and Pastor Jack gave an initial invitation for people to come forward and receive Jesus, we began to immediately see this front stage area filled to capacity with a stream of people turning to Jesus. And honestly, I can say that stream has never really stopped flowing since all the way up to our recent Resurrection Sunday service where we had huge altar calls there as well, including the 5.30 a.m. sunrise service, people coming, waking up at 5.30, coming down on their knees to receive Christ. And I can honestly say that the church life here throughout the year, that we have witnessed um, Book of Acts-type mighty works of God take place in the last year. We know of many people saved and delivered of everything you can think of, Uh, From the LGBTQ movement, to from demonic activity, and in the new age. And many of these precious sheep whom God has brought here have shown an urgency to be involved and further instructed. Our servants' quarters class, where we might normally see 30 to 50 people in a classroom in the back of the campus. Instead, upon reopening, we had trouble getting everyone who showed up inside of our sanctuary. So many were those who were answering the call to serve. And while we normally cycle through about two New Believers classes in the course of a year, we saw we needed to add a third session when we saw the number of people turning to Christ throughout the years. And so just this week, it seems we've moved at warp speed and we've cycled through three New Beginnings class, which hundreds have attended in the last year, filling up our classroom in capacity crowds I have not seen in 10 years of serving in the New Believers ministry. (laughs) And so I know for a certainty, we have people attending that class, driving a far afield as Beaumont to Mission Viejo, fighting midweek traffic to be here for a midweek class on a Thursday evening. And let me tell you, it has been like trying to pry them with a crowbar to get them to leave at the yeah. end of each night because of the genuine enthusiasm and the fellowship and the ministry that takes place afterwards. And we've had a recent phenomenon where former Catholics who have only come in the last six to nine months are attending the New Beginnings class, inviting their Catholic friends, and they're actually getting saved in that class. (laughs) So we've had an amazing time loving on all the newcomers, witnessing changed lives, seeing tears of joy, families reconciled, people liberated from distorted versions of Christianity, and embraced discipleship in the Word of God like never before. I have no doubt that the revival we have witnessed will go down in the annals of church history. And if you're involved here serving the Lord, I think we can honestly, if anyone asks us, say we were a witness to what God did to the mighty works of revival. So with humbled hearts, we thank God for his goodness. We rejoice in all he has done and provided. And so, friends, won't you join us in reaching a lost and broken world for the gospel?
0: Yes. Oh, man. Have you noticed these, uh, have you noticed they don't uh, pause for a moment and say, "Mm, let me think. These guys are like fire hoses with truth and still they're just touching the surface. This next announcement, this next presentation, you're only going to get a scratch of what has really happened between us and the cities around us and this county. But please welcome Pastor George Sasso, who is a liaison to the governmental agencies for us.
7: Well, as Pastor Jack said, I am blessed to be able to share with you, get, with you, you, we, this fellowship have done in the local community over the past year. First slide, please. If you look right here, if you look to the right, these are posts that uh, the chief of police put up on his Facebook. The one on the right is us delivering to them when everything shut down and they couldn't even go to get a soda or a power drink or anything. We went this fellowship and brought them enough to supply them so they didn't have to get out of their units when we didn't know what the pandemic was going to do. And the one on your right is pretty interesting. That's the Chino Police jail van, which we were using to deliver (laughs) food to the seniors. So we look like we're pulling up to the seniors' houses, and it looks like these thugs are coming out. But it's actually... Uh, junior high ministers bringing food to the seniors. What a blessed time that was. We also brought letters to them, encouragement. There were many of them we were praying for because they were just sequestered. They still are. We did that for over a year. with They couldn't even get out of the place that they were in. So, Next slide, please. One of the things we did also is we prayed in front of the Chino Police Department. We prayed there for the Chino Valley Fire Department. The school district, the teachers, the doctors, nurses, everyone. And the watch commander found out we were going out there. And the police watch commander told all of his guys, any that wanted could come out there and pray with us. And there was other slides we have with us laying hands on officers and them coming out and being prayed for. Just phenomenal. The slide on the right are some of the cards we sent to the fire department. Remember the fires were raging like crazy? Well, our children's ministry did little postcards encouraging the firemen, telling them we're praying for them, telling them we love them. We also did the same thing for the police department when all the riots broke out. And so we were constantly in front of the fire and the police department encouraging them. Next slide, please. This is on the front lines when the riots were going on in L.A. And one of the CHP officer's wives called and said, hey, our guys can't even get out of their police cars to be able to get a drink of water or, or anything. Is there any way we can get out there and get them some stuff on the front line? So we actually drove down to the front lines. You guys supplied the need. Yes, you did. And we went right out to the front line and were able to get them drinks and snacks so that they can continu- continue to do things they needed to do. Next slide. All right. Constantly, we would call out to the body. Now, you might not have heard of it because sometimes we would call to a specific ministry to help as to not overwhelm the body, but there were times when we needed blankets for the seniors and the body provided, you remember us announcing that over the last year, we provided blankets for every senior at the senior center, plus seniors in our fellowship. We also, our agape stitches put together blankets for the ones that are in wheelchairs to fit them and make sure that that was taken care of too. On the right, you see a truckload of stuff that we were bringing to the senior center that was divided up and then, as you saw on the other slide, put in those bags to be able to go out to the community. We also did, um, we're doing that for our seniors, but we also adopted a mobile home park in the city that was almost all seniors, and we were able to minister to them constantly too. Next slide, please. <laughs> Lastly, believe me, I could go on for three hours if Pastor right. Jack would give me time, but He's not. Uh, Right there you see a truckload of Frito-Lay product. We literally got tens of thousands of bags of stuff that we were able to take to food banks, to the city, to the homeless. On the right you see Venice Beach, where we went out to Venice Beach and were able to minister to the homeless in Venice Beach. We also minister regularly to Pomona Homeless. And also we have a a new ministry called Wrapped in Love that we minister throughout the, the community also. With that, um, believe me, it's continuing to go. We have another load to take to the seniors next week, so continue to pray. You guys are awesome in serving the Lord and ministering to the body and awesome, the community. George. Thank you.
0: <laughs> one of the greatest impacts that you are making and probably the number one most important thing in the mind of God and the heart of God. Sounds like a big statement, doesn't it? It's happening in this town, across the state, and now across the nation. I think this is the most pleasing thing to God coming out of this church right now. Give a warm welcome as you'll hear a report regarding pro-life by our pro-life pastor, Ron Rose.
8: God is an awesome God. Amen. Amen. You look at the statistics in California, 364 babies aborted a day 17,000 a week, over 800,000 a year. But praise God, God is doing a work through Love Life. It's a ministry that wants to mobilize the church to create a culture of love and life. Get in the church where it belongs in a mission field that's been often neglected. That is in front of Planned Parenthood. Because when the church shows up, lives are transformed. People's lives are saved. When there's a presence in front of a church, and I'm sorry, in front of a church is great, but in front of an abortion clinic, we know that 70 to 80% of the time, a woman will turn around, I'm not going in there, just because of a Christian presence. And as we're out there praying, as we're out there giving hope, sharing there's another way, you don't have to abort that child, we can offer you hope. We can throw you a baby shower, diapers. We can have whatever you need. If you, you don't want that baby, we'll see they're adopted. Love Life wants to get the church mobilized to provide the resources that women need so that they don't, they don't have to go to the abortion clinic. They can run to the church. It's never the political parties. Are, are, you think I was convicted because I, I was waiting for our government to change the abortion. It's a moral issue. That's right. It's the church's place to That's stand right. up yes. for life. Yes. Love Life started back in Charlotte, North Carolina in 2016, and I think we've seen over 26, almost 30,000 babies saved. Wow. And Seth Gruber was, it was... Thank the Lord for Seth. He said, Ron, you need to go back to Charlotte. And I thought, okay, so... Anyway, Love Life Southern California launched officially January twenty fourth, twenty twenty one. Since then, we've seen we have a presence in Pomona, Corona, Compton, Riverside, Upland, and Victorville. Last week, last week we saw seven babies saved. Woo <laughs> Four in Pomona, two in Victorville, one in Riverside. Yeah. God is saving lives. <laughs> but we need people like you praying. We need people like you saying, yes. you know what, I'm going to come out in front of Planned Parenthood, I'm going to pray. One quick story, I know I'm running out of time. A young gal chose life about two weeks before Easter. She's decided for life. She came here Easter Sunday and gave her heart to Jesus. There's other stories of people coming to Jesus, babies being saved, people coming to know Jesus Christ. Pray for us. Go to lovelife.org for those of you out of the area so you can know more information about this ministry. And God bless you.
0: Woo! <laughs> but I don't know if you know this or not, but that's how you retire. Ron's been retired and uh, been, been shaking it up. And uh, there's also ministry that Ron's uh, involved in that if I told you, I'd have to kill you. No, I mean, he works, uh, he works covertly in nations that are not open to the gospel. And uh, that's how you retire, ladies and gentlemen. This guy, uh, it's amazing. So, listen, um, you know that you have a great employee who, number one, uh, over the years have been faithful, uh, gets tired but never quits, and uh, is really a missionary out of this church to every state in the nation, specifically Washington, D.C., and you know that you have a good person on staff when they come back from their participation in whatever it might be, and those people who hosted it call me and say, hey, do, would you mind if we hired her out from underneath you? <laughs> so one of the great battles is trying to keep Gina Gleason on staff here because she's desired by everybody, and... uh Gina is a warrior. She is our modern day Deborah fighting for your uh, faith, for your family, for your freedom in our state and nation's capitals. Give a warm welcome to the director of Real Impact, Gina Gleason.
2: Thank you, Pastor Jack. Guys, can you please play the video? when covid hit last year my first thought was everything's getting shut down and so what will the real impact ministry do i mean there isn't going to be anyone to minister to the churches are closed this church other churches are closed so i guess we're going to have a really quiet year (laughs) but the lord had other plans (laughs) Uh, we have never been so busy as we have been this last year that's right We have had, as a church, as a ministry, more influence, more impact in this community, state, and nation than we ever have. And that's all because God has given us favor. And so he gets the glory for all of those activities that you saw up there. It's the Lord that has shown us how to do all of that. (laughs) You know, we have relationships with our elected officials from local, state, all over the country. Pastor Jack and I can pick up the phone anytime and call some of those elected officials because they want to know what we think about certain things that are taking place in the culture today. So talk about favor. I've been invited to so many events to represent the church where major decisions are being made. I'm on a weekly conference call with a a high-level elected official to talk about some really important, impactful issues. And that kind of favor comes from God alone. Pastor Jack was in the White House. And so talk about the influence of this church throughout the nation. It's been phenomenal. Mm. We've also been able to do things like uh, collect signatures on the recall petition. (laughs) That was... That was a really big project for our team, and our team was willing to be trained to learn how to comply with the law, how to go out and deliver thousands of ballots to the elected officials throughout the local county offices. We collected over 18,000. It was 18,000. Uh, 18,000 signatures on the ballots, and that was because you all participated. Because this ministry is not just about us having all the information in our head. This ministry is about giving you all that you need to learn to stand for righteousness in the public square, in our state. So, out of those two million signatures that were collected, you guys should be so glad that you made a significant contribution to that. And now we have a recall election in November, probably, of this year. Yeah. There was one day that Pastor Jack and I talked about the 2018 election and what happened. And we both agreed that we needed to learn how to collect ballots at this church. He popped his head into my office one day and he said, we need to collect ballots here. And I said, Pastor Jack, I was just talking with Lisa and Victoria about that. Yes, I agree. The only thing is, I thought, but we don't know how to do that. It's like, how do we comply with the state law and all these requirements? But the thing about it is, in this ministry, I've seen it over and over and over again, that the Lord always shows us what to do when he's called us to do something. So we don't get the glory. He gets the glory for us collecting over 12,000 ballots that went to our elected officials here. And that was another big blessing for our team to be able to participate. Our team has grown. It is so large. We didn't expect it. We thought that the shutdown, is everybody's going to be quiet and not want to come out. Our team is bigger than ever. And every week we have people coming to join the Real Impact Team because they want to be part of what we're doing to affect our community, state, and our nation. Awesome. So thank you to the Real Impact Team. And like I said, we we all got shut down, doors were closed, and we thought, how do we still continue to reach um, not only our church, but other churches? Because that's a big part of our ministry, going outside of our church walls and having influence. Because we are to influence the culture. The culture is not going to influence us. So one of the things we started doing with Real Impact is having monthly webinars. And I am teaching other churches, pastors and and ministry leaders, how to do what we do here. So it's not just us, Calvary Chapel, Chino Hills, it's churches all over the state and even all over the nation. Last week we did a webinar titled, How to Prepare for the Coming Recall Election. So I went over that with them. But there's a lot of things to do in this ministry. Our focus is going to be critical race theory. If you want to know what's going on with that, get our app, sign up for our emails, and you can reach us at realimpact.us or in the church office. And it's a blessing to serve you all. Thank you so much. Awesome, Gina.
0: Awesome. Well, you guys, uh, probably the one that is on the the tip of the spear to getting... uh, Input and data on what's happening by what you invest in. You invest in and getting the word of God out. Pastor Steve oversees all of that, gathers that data. And so uh, he is our real life, real radio producer, among many other things here at church. But he's going to give you some data on what difference you're making.
9: Wow. One of the things that we saw this last year is that people are hungry for God's word. Many of you know that we produce a, a real-life TV program every week. And you've heard Pastor Jack talk about the uh, network television stations that we've been um, been favored to be on. And uh, if the team would put up that slide, that'd be great. There's stations in, in Los Angeles and Palm Springs and San Diego. But but in addition to that, we've been doing the real-life program for a lot longer than that. And um, many of you receive our, our weekly emails that just tell you about the feature program that program the average weekly viewing has tripled this last year just amazing how many of you have the real life app just a few of you yeah well we started uh, 2020 with uh with um i think there was 120,000 downloads since then we've almost uh Increase that by fifty percent. We're up to like one hundred and seventy-five thousand, something like that. Um, and then just the the number of people going to the app to uh, to view the media. I mean, that's the goal is to have the media available. the The viewing is up ninety five percent over the previous year. Yeah, <laughs> many of you receive Pastor Jack's devotional uh, each week. Yeah. Um, again, in the in the. The year since the pandemic started, we've, we've almost doubled those, the number who are receiving uh, the weekly uh, devotional. And then there's YouTube. How many of you have watched Pastor Jack on, on YouTube? Yeah, it's like, I think I'm, just about everyone. It took us seven years to reach 100,000 subscribers. And we got there at the start of, of 2020. Since that, like I said, seven years, thir- 2013 to 2020. From 2020 to today, we've increased more than 200,000 more. So we're up at about 305,000 subscribers. Just amazing. But you can have a lot of subscribers, but the real measure is is what are people doing with it? Um, the, the change from 2019 to 2020, so when the pandemic began in 2020, the views were up In 2021, to date, the views are up 92% more than that. So it's just like mushrooming. Just real quick. The average monthly views. Okay, so that's like for May. If one of you, just one of you, sat down and decided you would watch all of the minutes watched last month yourself, it would take you more than... 100 years Amazing We ended 2020 With almost 15 million views Yeah Amazing Some of you Don't sit in a chair here Some of you view from out there And uh, we've We've received many uh, Snapshots of people Who are watching from (laughs) home I want to be the guy in Big Fork, Montana Yeah (laughs) 2020, we, we, were, we were already streaming the services on, uh, on Facebook. And we decided, I think there's, there's more people who may watch on YouTube. So we started live streaming on YouTube to find out that, that double the number that we're watching on Facebook, we're actually now watching on, on YouTube. And as the uh, lockdown started, we started our own church platform, CalvaryCCH.TV. Yep. People are watching from everywhere. They're throwing watch parties, having having groups of people in their homes. Pastor Jack talked about that as, as we got going. But um, just to give you an example of what that means, just last Sunday, the people who watched the Calvary CCH live stream were over 10,000. The number watching the live stream on YouTube that morning, over 46,000. Plus all of those watching on Facebook. So, um... We can talk a lot about numbers, and I love numbers, but that's all good. I just want to tell you about one situation that I remember about how live streaming affected just one person. About uh, maybe three or four months ago, I was out in the courtyard, or the foyer. Pastor Jack was greeting people, and that day he had asked to, to, could uh, those who uh, were new, those who were visiting, just step up and, and say Hi. So he was talking with uh, one young gal who was here with a few of her friends, and she was uh, one who listens online, and she was visiting from Seattle. And so he met her, and I I said hi. And so push fast forward about three weeks later, it was Friday morning prayer. For those of you who come to Friday morning prayer, you know that happens between 5 and 6.30 a.m. on Friday mornings. And it's a small group. But I noticed that there was a, a new person that I hadn't seen before. So um, after Friday morning prayer was done, we just got to talking, and I realized it was the same gal that I had met uh, in the foyer, the gal from Seattle. And so we were just talking, and I said, um, So what do you do? And she said, Well, I plan my time to come down for services again. Okay, that's great. I said, How did you know about Friday morning prayer? She goes, I listened to the announcements. (laughs) What a blessing. People are hungry for God's word and for fellowship. Praise the Lord.
0: Hallelujah. That's awesome. Wow. Well, church, listen, we want to wrap it up with this. Daniel 11.32 in the book of Daniel. Now, I know the context of Daniel 11 is regarding the tribulation period. But I want to lift from that time that's yet to come what must be an eternal truth of God. And in Daniel 11.32, it says that those who carry out, um, or those who trust or believe in their God shall carry out great exploits. Church family, we do not have the time to tell you some of the things that are ongoing. Ongoing projects, ongoing outreaches, things that are being birthed. Vision that is being cast by God. It's almost terrifying in a holy way to get alone, to get together with staff or board members, and to sit and to wait upon God and to hear what comes out of those moments of waiting upon God because it generates tons of work, it generates tons of activity. And the need for people to be hired, things to expand. God anticipates things for us. We're blind without him. For those of you who don't know, by the way, let me ask you this. How many of you endured the tent that was out on the lawn back there? Raise your hands. Just a few of you. He loved it. But a few of you, you know why there's a few of you? Because most people were destroyed by the tent experience. I'm kidding. But for a long time, we were out there in that tent while what was going on? The internal remodeling of this building. And what happened? I, I stressed to you over and over again that there wouldn't be much of a change on the inside. I mean, we would paint our walls. We would throw up a big screen, we would stick some wood on the wall. But to the eye, not much changed. A whole year, we were out of the building for this. Well, the big money and effort was spent over your head and under your feet. The concrete was broken up. Lines were cut by concrete cutters. And from this stage, back behind the walls to your right and to your left are huge air air conditioning units that have to cool the processors that are running up there and the servers that are running up there. Back over your head is a world that I do not understand. But I, I and others signed checks to pay those bills. And I got to tell you, as an old guy, it was really hard to sign a check for a payment to a company that I didn't even understand what it was all for. What happened? God anticipated. God knew that COVID was coming. And that there would be a technology draw from our electronics and from our technology that we would never have been able to reach the world with what uh, outdated technologies we had. We didn't have the ability to take what was going on and stream on multiple levels, various ways, every day, then 24-7, ministry on demand. We couldn't do it, but God knew And he knew and we had it. And I got to tell you, I want you to be encouraged because when you see stuff like that happening. And for somebody like me, who I'm very, very concerned as I grow old, that I do not get old. There's a big difference. I need to be constantly flexible to the Holy Spirit speaking. I want to be careful that my wineskin doesn't get stiff, as Jesus talked about. And so I watched that happen, and I myself moved in faith, and I, I watched this, and then nothing happened, nothing happened. And I often I would go to our media people, and I'd say, when are we going to get the bang for the buck? I don't see anything different. So what? We've got a scream back behind here. When's something going to happen? What, what justifies that kind of expense? And, and God, God shut things down to open things up. And so before, uh, before I show you what, what my passionate announcement will be today, um, I mentioned to you that laptop of mine. Uh, and this, this, I just hope, um, I don't know, maybe it can be buried with me. Uh, but can you see this? Can you see May 31st? Now, now what you may know is, can you see the scotch tape that's on there? Uh, I didn't write that on scotch tape. I wrote it on my computer. But then when I saw God begin to move, which was the day we opened up, I went back to my laptop and I put this scotch tape on there because I knew God had spoken it and God had said it. And this is my little museum right here. This is my little reminder. Every time I open up my computer... It reminds me of May 31st, because God has done things that we never could have imagined. So amazing. So amazing. And, and so on a personal note, those, most of you don't know this, but uh, for about two and a half, three years leading up to 2020, I was devastated by insomnia. I, had, I hadn't had it before. I woke up one day and was, in, was, was unable to go to sleep uh, after that day. In fact, for me, it was terrifying because as nighttime fell, uh, I was extremely exhausted and tired, uh, but you can't sleep. There's nothing worse than being exhausted, but you can't sleep. And uh, that went on for almost a three-year period of time. Uh, some of you remember, I, I was up for 73 hours once, I got terribly sick, and could not recover from that. And I lost about, uh, I think, four or five weeks of teaching time. Couldn't get out of bed. Devastated by that. Do- a doctor, five different doctors tried to take care of me. In fact, sitting in the front row, John Tesh of Piano Fame and Connie Selica, his wife, precious friends. They just said, this is unacceptable. And uh, they wound up connecting me with America's number one sleep doctor out of Harvard University, Um, and he couldn't do anything for me. And they prescribed every medication that they could give, and nothing worked. Listen, when they give you a sleeping pill, and you take it, they tell you, you need to lay down when you take this pill. Nothing happened. Nothing. That God was doing something. I got to tell you, God broke me down, took me through a fiery trial, to bring me out on the other end, to prepare me for what was going to happen. It's precious. And this is what happened. When I want to have you put your eyes to the screens, I want to have you watch this video from, of all places, Turkey. Oh, no, that's not Turkey. I'm talking right now. I'm talking right now. Of, you guys want to do Turkey?
10: Kaliforniya'da bir kilise 12 Eylül'de gerçekleşen rekor sayıda vaftiz töreninin heyecanını yaşadı. Bin kişi açık havada vaftiz edildi. Kaliforniya'da <gülüyor> bir kilise 12 Eylül'de gerçekleşen rekor sayıda vaftiz töreninin heyecanını yaşadı. Çino Hills'teki Calvary Chapel Kilisesi Corona Del Mar State Plajında bin kişinin açık orada vaftiz görevini düzenledi. <gülüyor> Kilise direktörü Gina Gilles'in Kaliforniya'nın ruhsal bir uyanış yaşıyor olabileceğini söyledi. Gilles'in vaftiz için aday sayısının 300 olduğunu ancak vaftiz günü bunun 3 katından fazlasını gördüklerini belirterek bu olağanüstü ve önemli bir sayı dedi. Güney Kaliforniya'da bu yaz birçok kişi ilahi söylemek, dua etmek ve kurtuluşa sahip olmak için bir araya geldi. CBN News daha önce 3 Temmuz'dan bu yana Huntington plajında Tanrı'nın krallığıyla ilgili müjdenin yayıldığı bir uyanış hareketini paylaşmıştı. Tapınma lideri Sean Föth yakın zamanda Pismo plajında esenlik ve umut kutlamalarına katılmak için toplanan insanların videolarını paylaşarak sahilde İsa'ya tapınmak için toplanan binlerce kişi Tanrı göründü ve zihinlerimize dokundu. Tehlikeleri rağmen kilise benzeri görülmemiş bir birlik içinde toplandı. How cool is that?
0: How cool is that? Why? Here's, what, here's why that happened. And I've been telling you guys this for a long time until I was just corrected recently. That was a Saturday morning. We knew a lot of people had signed up to be baptized, so we had to break our baptism up by the hours. We had three waves of people appointed or appointments made. You you can pick your slot, but there were three slots of time allowed it to you on that Saturday morning. And by the end of that morning, it took us just close to five hours with uh, many pastors and uh, elders out in the water that we had 1,100 plus, 1,100 plus baptisms on that one Saturday morning, and what that wound up resulting in, as far as people can tell, regarding an evangelical, that is a Christian, authentic baptism. For example, there have been cults who have baptized 10,000 people at one time, where they all walked out in the water somewhere in the world, and they dipped down to, you know, on their own. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about praying with someone, walking them into the water, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name, amen, bringing them up, presenting them to the crowd, announcing to them from this moment on, make sure you understand and never forget that if anyone ever asks you if you've ever made testimony or given testimony of Christ publicly, the answer is yes. yes. (laughs) And so what we found out is that that was the... A uh, largest single evangelical baptism in recent history, possibly in American history. What an amazing day that was. God was so incredibly faithful. and God continues to be faithful. What I want to do is end this before we worship. In fact, you can stand church if you would. Be very, very cautious. Of the days that are ahead. Jesus said a sower went out to sow seed. And some of the seed fell upon the hard soil. The birds of the air came. And devoured the seed. Before it ever had a chance. Then some of the seed that fell. Fell upon ground that was dry. And the seed tried to grow. And it put in some root. But when the sun rose up, the seed withered away. The other seed was sown out and some soil fell or some seeds fell upon the pathway. And as that seed was there and it began to grow. Because it didn't have much root in it. When difficulties and hardships arose. Challenging times came it withered away. And then the seed was thrown and it fell upon good ground. And when it grew, it bore fruit, some 30, some 60, some a hundredfold. When the disciples heard Jesus speak that parable, they asked him to tell them the meaning of it. And Jesus said, the word went out. These people heard it for a moment, ran away with joy and then forgot about the word. Satan stole it out of their heart. The other group, they believed for a little while. But when t- hard times came, they abandoned that. And the other group, they had the word in them and they were growing. But then the cares of this life and the intimidation, people mocking, people pressuring them, the love of this world choked out the word. And then the final one was, no matter what the conditions were, the seed, the word of God that filled in the hearts of this one produced fruit. Church family, you've entered a church age that God is now cleaning house in what is called church. There are those who are with him, those that have faded away. There are those that were followers of Jesus that turned and walked with him now no more. There are many of you who have, in the day of difficulty, run to Jesus. These are the last days. Christ is preparing himself, his bride. She is going to be, as the Bible says, beautiful, washed clean. She's going to love good works. She's going to rejoice in her salvation. She's going to reach the ends of the earth. She's going to have a little strength, just a little bit. That's all she needs is a little bit. Because she will not deny his word or his name. And you're living it. May God touch this church every day with his favor, with his grace. And may we not celebrate one year anniversary like we have now and think, well, that was done. Let's move on. Be careful because the next wave of testing is coming. It's going to be harder than COVID. It's going to be more difficult to endure. But faithful is he who has called us. He will never leave us or forsake us. And he will never abandon us. Stay focused. Stay in the word of God. Don't give up. Let's end in this song of thanks and praise to him. Amen? God bless you, church.